Hello listeners, welcome to another riveting episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your hostess, Stephen Payton, and this week we'll be chatting about trade unions and tackling one of the most repeated questions around independence. But first, this week, MSPs in the Scottish Parliament voted to withhold consent from the UK government over the internal market bill, with all but the Tories rejecting the legislation. As we've discussed before, the internal markets bill is an absolute power grab on the Scottish Parliament, which will let the Tory government, which let's not forget, Scotland did not vote for, make decisions over spending in Scotland, even in devolved areas. It will also allow the Tories to override regulations set by the Scottish Parliament. So to use a popular example, while Scotland may choose to reject chlorinated chicken imported from the US under the internal markets bill, we would still have to accept it if Westminster said so. Thanks to capitalism, this would result in an absolute race to the bottom in terms of food standards, or for that matter, standards in any area that the UK government chooses. That's why members of the Scottish Parliament chose to reject the bill. However, despite that, if the UK government decides to push ahead with it, there is literally nothing stopping them. Though the convention is that the Westminster Parliament should not legislate in devolved areas without the Scottish Parliament's consent, That is not legally binding. Once again, reminding us that the UK is not so much a family of equal nations, as we've been repeatedly told, but something closer to a group of pals having a nice time at the pub before the biggest one decides to leave, and everyone else has to follow along. Not that going to the pub is much of an option at this moment. Douglas Ross, the leader of the Scottish Tories, and his pals actually had the cheek to call concerns about the bill constitutional scaremongering. Which is a phenomenal example of brass neckery, given that the Tories got caught out this week for intentionally hiding the potential full scale of the power grab facing Scotland. Way back in June, UK Cabinet Ministers circulated the Transition Period Planning Assumptions Central Case document, which laid out potential worst-case scenarios for leaving the EU. It also included these somewhat controversial plans to put powers over state aid into the hands of ministers in Whitehall. It wasn't until a month later that those plans became public and the full scale of what was happening started to become clear. And this policy eventually made it through to the Internal Markets Bill. But here's the thing. In that document, Tory ministers were specifically told that the plans, quote, should not be shared publicly or with the devolved administrations. And that's not even all of it. A companion document also considered the impact of food shortages after Brexit. And this information was also to be withheld from the Scottish Government. Keeping in mind here that food is a devolved issue. The Scottish Government should have known. So the Scottish Tory leader can try dismiss this all as fear-mongering, but I think the SNP's Constitutional Secretary, Michael Russell, put it better when opening the debate about the internal markets bill in the Parliament. Referring back to 1997, when the Tories were campaigning against even having a Scottish Parliament, he said they were against empowering their fellow citizens then, and they're still against doing that 23 years later. They are still seeking to take a wrecking ball to Scottish Parliament and Scotland's democracy. That wasn't in their manifesto, but it was clearly in their mind and always has been. Which leads nicely on to the next big piece of news this week. The Scottish Trade Unions Congress has supported a second independence referendum if the Internal Markets Bill is passed in Westminster without getting the consent of the Scottish Parliament. In other words, 
the Scottish Trade Unions Congress has backed a second independence referendum. Because we all know Westminster have no intention of listening to the Scottish Parliament. This stance taken by the STUC was actually announced in a briefing sent to MSPs on whether Hollywood should consent to the legislation and then was shared on Twitter by Scottish Green MSP Ross Greer. In the brief it said that if the Scottish Parliament refused to back the bill and the UK government pressed on with it, that makes the case for a second independence referendum unanswerable. On top of that, the STUC actually outlined exactly why it was opposed to the bill, namely that it limited the ability of the Scottish Parliament to influence public policy. And given the Tories' notorious dislike of trade unions and regulations that benefit workers over bosses, it's pretty clear why they would have concerns. This is just another step that puts more pressure on Scottish Labour, the supposed voice of the Labour movement, to shift its untenable position on opposing a referendum. Then again, after the last referendum, Scottish Labour were instrumental in obstructing employment law being devolved to Scotland, despite the STUC making the case that it should be, so it's hard to say if they'll listen this time round. Though thankfully, Richard Leonard has apparently shifted position on that now. And finally, this week, let's talk about Scottish currency. Yes, that old pro-union response to any point in favour of independence, even when it doesn't make any sense. Tories are planning to drive a wrecking ball through the Scottish Parliament? Aye, but what currency will you use? Scottish business leaders are actually unfazed at the prospect of an independent Scotland. Aye, but what currency will you use? Boris Johnson announces plans to visit every man, woman and non-binary person in Scotland, fart on their pillows and tattoo a union jack on their foreheads. Aye, but what currency will you use? Well, now you can point out that a former economic advisor to US presidential candidate Bernie Sanders is helping to steer a campaign for a Scottish currency. That would be Professor Stephanie Kelton, the author of the best-selling book The Deficit Myth and a member of staff at New York's Stony Brook University. The organisation, known as the Scottish Currency Group, aims for Scotland to have its own currency as soon as practicable. They've even suggested that new currency could be in place within a couple of months of a future independence date. And if Scotland plans to make any truly meaningful reforms of its economic and banking systems, then I would argue that its own currency is absolutely necessary. It's understood that the group, which now has over a thousand members, has been in touch with Nicola Sturgeon, so we can expect more news on that in the future. But that does bring us to the end of this week's brief. So where does that leave us? Currency discussion is back on the table. Scotland's trade union movement has backed a second referendum. And the Tories are pushing forward with a toxic bill that attacks the Scottish Parliament and which the Tory Secretary of State for Scotland, Alistair Jack, says he likes even more because it upsets the SNP. With all that in mind, where does that leave the State of the Union? Falling apart quicker than Spitting Images' chances of being renewed for a second season. Join me all again next Friday. Have a great week. <laughs>